Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23, Bruins Oilers 2, Bruins Collapsero with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. And now Smitty will tell you how you can watch the next Bruins game after you uh, were angry about this one. <laughs> yeah. You can sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com. And that would have helped you tonight because everybody was angry yeah. <laughs> trying to uh, trying to find the game. Uh, when I first turned ESPN uh, Plus on tonight, uh, my game was in Spanish. So that was fun because uh, cool. I couldn't find the right feed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it did have the game. So if you're looking for the Bruins uh, and trying to find some, uh, some out-of-market games and some other sports, college basketball, college hockey, soccer, uh, lots of things going on right now. So you can sign up for ESPN. ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Yeah, a lot of people, every time this happens, this is not the first time it's happened this year, but every time it happens, everybody's stunned, surprised mm-hmm. that they don't know what's going on, and uh, that's that's how you can take care of that right now. Nine ninety nine a month, and you can settle that right now and then cancel it in a month. Yeah, or you can or you can sign up and get the Hulu and the Disney Plus, get the whole damn bundle. It's like oh, thirteen yeah. ninety nine or twelve ninety nine or something like that uh, for the whole thing, and and you know, yeah, enjoy the sports. Yeah, yeah enjoy get the some, sports. Uh, some Pixar movies, sure, and, get it all stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Mandalorian, whatever you whatever you're into. Yeah, maybe we should have watched the Mandalorian tonight instead of the Bruins, Edmonton Oilers, a three to two loss for Boston. Bruins starts slow, four nights off, uh, but Marchand scores on a soft goal. Wow. And the Bruins get a goal taken away on an offside that happened last week sometime. Mm-hmm. And they get a goal with .2 left from Pasternak uh, to, to take a 2 nothing lead into the uh, intermission. Oilers get better as the game goes on. Bouchard scores. And then the Oilers tie it on a bad Bergeron pass. Uh, and then Darnell Nurse, who I've said is not a number one defenseman in the league, scores on a screenshot naturally. And it's not the best angle from Swayman either. The Bruins can't tie it late. Finally, the Bruins, I think, get caught up um, or it catches up to them, their sloppy play of late. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they they didn't really look sharp in this one at all. They kind of slept walk through it, uh, which is been kind of their MO uh, recently here. And uh, like you said, it caught up to him. Um, I think the, the third goal by Nurse was a goal that Swayman would want back. Um, you know, the second goal wasn't great really either, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's kind of a bang-bang play off a, off a turnover. Mm. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the game doesn't really matter all that much at all. I mean, the Bruins have a huge lead in the division. Um, you know, it's not really going to cost them or anything like that. But the fact that they blew a two-goal lead um, – really pisses me off for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I mean, they've had a great season, an unbelievable season, um, but it really pissed me off tonight for some reason because they played against McDavid so well. They kind of limited him uh, and, and did a really good job against him and Dreisaitl too in particular, and, and they and they still found a way to lose the game. They didn't have seem to have any sense of urgency at all until they got behind late, and by then it was too late. Uh, you know, they, they started carrying the play at that point, but you know, uh, you know, they ran out of time. So, uh, you know, kind of a bad loss, but, uh, you know, shake it off and move on to Detroit on Saturday. 
Yeah, it might, you know, it might have been uh, just a long season and getting a little bit of a little bit bored. Maybe maybe the time off uh, as well. But you know, hey, that it wasn't the recipe to to slow down McDavid and Drysaddle, and you should be all set. And that's that's what it is, right? And then they kind of did that, but their puck management and some of, of course the power play. You know, abysmal. The power, the entries in the power play still abysmal. I don't know how you fix that thing. Uh, they they put Orlov on the on the number one power play unit. They get a goal um, from Krejci that's taken away because of the offsides thirty four seconds ago, which absolutely drives me out of my mind. Yeah. It's the NHL looking for any way possible to disallow goals for some reason, which is completely asinine. Um, and then, you know the Bruins again, and it's been the last I don't know how long. 10, 12, 15 games or whatever that they – there's times in the games where they just are sloppy and they turn the puck over. And, of course, their goaltending has been terrific up to this point. Mm-hmm. So in their defense too, like they, they, they tend to turn it over and then keep it to the outside and get back in position and, and make a play defensively. But this is the type of recipe I just – I'm not comfortable with in the postseason. I just – this, this is how they will lose is if they just are so aggressive and so wanting to transition the puck that they turn it over endlessly. Um, and good teams will watch it on video and, and have skill and speed and, and turn it and put it in the net. And, and that's what I'm concerned about with this team. Um, all right, Seven Chirps, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops are brewing and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. Follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And Chirp number one, thoughts on expansion in the league, adding potentially Houston and Atlanta to hockey hotbeds. I mean, it drives me insane. It drives me insane. It already didn't work twice in Atlanta. You're going twice. back a third time. You're going back a right. third time to mm-hmm. a place where it's failed already twice. Talk mm-hmm. about just being clueless, just yes. absolutely clueless. If you want to go back somewhere, go to Quebec City. Don't go back mm-hmm. to friggin' Atlanta. Come on. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. you want to expand in South Houston, fine. You want to have a Houston Dallas rivalry thing. I think those Yahoos will come out for the Yeah. <laughs> for the games. <laughs> yeah. I'm just generalizing Texas there for, 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 for fun. But <laughs> I've been to Houston. It's a it's a lovely yeah. city. Isn't it? No, it's a no. lovely city. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you know, Atlanta doesn't even really doesn't he really? They don't sell out baseball playoff games. They don't sell out NBA basketball playoff games. And then you're going to bring them back for a third time with the NHL. Again, I just, I get that you want it. Look at, you are the fourth most popular sport in the country. Uh, and, and kind of by far. And, and you're trying to, and it's a regionalized sport, which you should continue to be. You know, like just hammer home the, the regions that love the sport. But you can't be like the others. Like, it, it, which one's not like the other? Like yeah, I mean, Sesame Street thing. Like, I, you know, it's go, just not like the other sports. Go to Green Bay. Go to yeah. go to, go to you know Cleveland. Yeah, even. go to Cleveland. <laughs> go to go to North. You know, North Dakota. They they're yeah. hockey crazy up there. Like, put yeah. a team. Put a team in. In Portland, Oregon, like yeah. there's We're a team in St. Paul, like they have have two Minnesota teams, yeah, like whatever. Have them yeah. across the street from each other and have a battle, yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I just feel like that's a terrible. It's a terrible. Um, 
place to to expand to. I mean, I think Houston right. probably is okay, but uh, yeah. Atlanta had already failed twice, so I, I have no yeah. idea, no on rightly idea why you would go back there. I don't. I don't. That's I don't a college that. hockey. It's, just, it's a college, not college hockey, but it's a college sports area. It's not yeah, it a pro is. sports area. Never has been. They don't get behind pro sports. No, teams, even when they're good, they don't. They don't. I, I don't. I don't get it either. Um, all right. So if it does happen, who would the who should the Bruins protect in this situation? Well, it's that's tough to say because you have your you know are you saying Bergeron's on the team and and like those guys are on the team or are they not like because right. it's you know, you don't protect free agents, you know, right. You don't protect so, UFAs. So if it's, you know, those guys are UFAs. So you're going based just purely on guys who would be on the team next year and are already signed. You right. go Lindholm, McAvoy, Carlo. Uh, I think yeah. I would rather if Orlov signs an extension, I would go Lindholm, McAvoy, McAvoy, Orlov. Right. Um, you go Pasternak, Marchand, um, DeBrusque, yeah. Um, what's that? Three? We go Hall. Hall probably. Um, yeah. Coyle. Yeah, and then the goaltender. Uh, and the go- goaltender. I think you can pick seven forwards, right? I don't know how many. Seven. I said. You can do either seven. What is it seven and seven? Two, seven, two, three, and one. Seven, three, and yeah. one, or like right. eight, or a, eight like total skaters, or positions. something like right. that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So seven, three, and one. So you go. Uh, well, Orlov's UFA. So yeah, be, so it wouldn't be it would yeah, be Kylo right now, but so if Kylo, but if right. Orlov was signed, I, it would be right. it would be Orlov, right, right. And then the seven forwards are pretty much, pretty much, you know, pretty much easy because because the rest of the forwards, most of them are UFAs. Yeah, they are. So they are. that's uh, that's it's kind of an easy right this year. It's kind of an easy one, I think, for Boston protection. Uh, chirp three Bruins need to go to, uh, fifteen and five. And now uh, fifteen and four to secure most wins and points ever. Is this a kiss of death? I don't think it's a kiss of death, uh, but I don't certainly don't think they should be going for it. They no, need to. They need to. They need to rest guys. They need to get guys that are that are banged up, healthy. Uh, it's a it's a long playoff run to to get to where they want to get to. Uh, they have back to backs every weekend for the rest yeah. of the regular season. You need to make sure your team is healthy. And ready to fire on all cylinders going into the playoffs uh, because yeah. it's an absolute grind. So you you have to take health into account first and foremost. Uh, no one gives a shit about regular season records. You know, ask the undefeated Patriots regular season how how that right. turned out for them. Right. No one gives right. a crap now. They lost. No. So yeah. uh, you know that's all that's all sweet. But you know, Miami seventy two Dolphins are still cracking champagne. So that doesn't mean anything. So uh, unless you win. Uh, the regular season doesn't mean anything, and and they should be gearing up for the playoffs, not for a regular season record. Yeah, I mean, coming up now, you've got Detroit twice, Chicago, then you're at Winnipeg, at Minnesota without Kaprizov, at Buffalo, who just gave up ten goals, Ottawa, Montreal, Tampa Bay struggling. I mean, you got a stretch here. Um, you know, some teams. Columbus is coming up. Nashville's coming up. You know, you have some of the weaker teams coming up, so you may be able to do it organically, but I'm with you. Let's give some guys a break. Let's put some other guys in there. Let's bring some guys up, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you're going to be the division winner. You're going to be the number one seed. So let's just do it. Uh, Chirp number four, Elliot Friedman reported that the Bruins and Flames actually did discuss a trade to bring Luch back. Might he come back next season for one last hurrah? 
uh, yeah, I mean, if the price is right, uh, I, I, I don't a million bucks. Yeah. I mean, if the price is right, I don't see any reason why you couldn't come back and and be on the fourth line and bang some guys around. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that would entice, you know, a guy like Krejci or somebody like that to, you know, maybe play another season. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, if the price is right, I, I'm, I'm certainly all for it. I mean, he's a fan favorite, so yeah. I mean, if I mean, if you're looking for low cost, I mean, you you could you could sign him like again if it's a million bucks or whatever to have him play with like Beecher and McLaughlin on the fourth line, sure, and have them have him be a veteran on that line. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but not nothing more than that. No, like, I'm not I'm not giving the guy anything else. No, like if he wants to come back to do one last thing, then fine, that's that's fine at that cost. Uh, Chirp five, Brad Marchand still not feeling the way he thought he would. I was a little concerned about this, but it also makes sense because he doesn't seem there is still something a little off about him. Uh, he thought he'd feel better at this point. Do you think he came back too soon? Probably, probably. I think he did. I mean, they they all kind of came back a little sooner than they probably should have. It seems, yeah. um, you know, and I don't know if that's on him, if that's on right. the medical staff for saying, oh, whoa, 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 it's a long season. Right. You know, you're getting up there a little bit. Let's take it easy. So, um, right. you know, the players are always going to push to come back. Always. Sure. Because yeah. uh, they want to yeah. play. They're professional athletes. They're competitive. He's right. ultra competitive. So he's going to push right. to come back. So I don't know if it's necessarily on him. I think it's probably more on the medical staff and the training staff telling them to, you know, slow down. Take take things slow. Let's ease back into this. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully it won't be something that catches up to him, you know, when it really matters. Right. And I, you know, I, again, I think that Marshall, obviously the, the production's there, the points are there. Um, I still, I, there's still a little bit something off. He doesn't win as many pucks as he used to. And I don't know, it's just something a little bit off about him. When I watch him play, seems to lose the puck a little bit more and so forth. Um, I think he did come back too soon, but I think that the team was so hell bent on winning this Stanley cup that, I think that they were concerned of, of, of starting out too slow, to be yeah. honest. And uh, I think that's why a lot of them came back early is because they didn't want to fall too far behind. And they were, they were in a sort of a – it was kind of a, I don't know, catch-22 there where they had, they had Bergeron and Krejci coming back for one last hurrah and, and then these really important guys on the roster out for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. It just didn't match up. So I think he did come back to play that one year with Bergeron and came back too soon. And I hope it doesn't lead to him wearing down to virtually nothing in the postseason, which which is why I say sit him for a week. You know what I mean? Sit him for five games, whatever, uh, because you need him at top, uh, top performance. Chirp six, what D-man sits come playoff time? Uh, I think it was the guy out there tonight who had a a little bit of a rough game. And uh, I think with Orlov now, I think he's a little repetitive. I think Orlov uh, is a veteran and uh, can handle the minutes. He's a top four guy. Uh, He brings more offensively. Uh, so it is, it is, uh, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is Matt Grizzlick. He's the one, yes. uh, who sits come playoff time because in order for him to be in, you know, Lindholm would have to sit or would have to sit or Forbort would have to sit. 
because uh, I don't really want to play him on his offside. He he didn't look comfortable no. there really no. at all. So uh, I think Grizzlick is the seventh D come playoff time. Um, and you know if if you know somebody gets banged up, he's a great guy to bring in because he's sure. you know he's talented yeah. and he's a puck mover and yeah, and and all that and, and, and he'll fra- yeah. and he'll have fresh legs. But I yeah. I think going into the postseason, he's the one uh, who is the odd man out. I'm with you. You can't take out the, the top, you know, top Pelly Kelly defenseman like Forbort. No. And, you know, Clifton is, you know, Clifton again playing on his natural side. Like, yeah, I just, you know, Grizzly takes a lot of, Grizzly's taken a lot of heat. It's a lot of it unfair because he's still statistically a pretty good defenseman. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, is that people are starting to, get on him because of his postseason performance and the fact the whole physicality thing Mm -hmm. and now i think he's feeling some pressure i really think he is absolutely Uh, he's a hometown kid who wants to play for the bruins wants to play in the playoffs and i think he's feeling the heat because they go out and they get orlov like i said a better version of him uh and that's uh very telling for him i think so i'm with you i think grizzlick starts on the bench uh and then chirp seven the bruins play of late hasn't been that sharp you know, is it concerning, and and are they a little bit too loosey goosey? I just, to me, it's just it, it. There's too many times where they just cough the puck up, and uh, and it leads to some odd man rushes. It is concerning to me, um, but there's there's a probably a variety of reasons for it. Number one, they have such a huge lead that it's only it's human nature to kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit. You're like, I well, I don't really have to work that hard. Because we have such a big cushion, like I, right. I, these games don't matter all that much. And I know they're competitive, and I know they want to win and all that. Um, but it's human nature to kind of take their foot off the gas and and kind of coast a little bit here. And I think they've been they built such a big lead; they're kind of doing that a little bit. I think they are creative. So they're trying to make plays and they're kind of forcing plays. The power play has gone into a slide where they're really trying to force things for whatever reason. They're not taking the simple plays. Um, they're not shooting when they should shoot. Charlie Coyle tonight, at the bottom of the right-hand circle, throws a behind-the-back pass to no one when he's at the bottom of the right-hand circle. Bro, shoot the puck. Shoot it. What are you waiting for? If you're not going to shoot from there, where are you going to shoot from? I know it. I know it. I tell you, at the end of the day, Charlie Coyle is what he is. He's a forty-point guy. Yeah, like that's. I mean, that's what he is, dude. I mean, that's. And I, I get it. His statistically, his possession, his d- defensive this year, and and that, and he's and he's big, and and he's a good third line center. Fine, but he's making five and a half million or whatever the hell it is, and he's a forty-point guy. So that's why I say, at the end of the season, I think you make an effort to say, you know what. There's a way right there to clear some cap space. It's just to, it's just to see if you can kick the tires on a trade for him and maybe get a couple of picks or a pick and a prospect and and clear like five million bucks from the thing. Like I just because look I and, and Coyle is a very good third line centerman and he's and he's he does he definitely creates a lot of balance in the lineup and all that. I get that, but he's still just a forty point guy and at the end of the day you are what you are. And that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Shoot the puck, Charlie. Like, I mean, just shoot it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, my my shoot the my shoot the puck uh, coil tweet tonight uh, did pretty well. 
It did. It did. Everybody else is thinking the same there thing. Was a, there, was a de- there was a decent amount of likes on that one. There yeah. Are. Even people in Weymouth are like, shoot the puck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, hey, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live soon. Right here in Massachusetts, bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use once Mobile Sports Betting Hits Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com MA. All right, time for beauties and benders and the three beauties uh, for the last couple of days here since our last episode. Number three, Tyler Bertuzzi's passing. going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't watch a lot of Detroit, Detroit Red Wings hockey, maybe like three times a year. And I didn't realize the type of passer Bertuzzi is. I mean, some of the passes tonight were just dimes across ice, like – just really good passing from him. Uh, uh, that's a that's a skill I didn't think he had. I agree with you 100. Uh, he set up Krejci uh, not in this game, but in the last game for a cross crease kind of tap in that Krejci kind of healed and was really pissed mm-hmm. at himself about. But he's made some unbelievable passes in the short amount of time he, he's been here. He has really good vision. He seems to manage the puck really well. Uh, you know, put it into space for guys to skate onto it or into an area where somebody can get it or win a battle, uh, you know, seems to be pretty smart with it. So, yeah, definitely a skill that uh, it's nice to see, but I didn't know he had. I didn't know he had it either. And there was a part, I think it might have been six to eight minutes left in the game. He comes on the right wing side, he stops, and he hits Orlov across ice, like on the tape. Yep. And Orlov gets a shot at the net. It was just an unbelievable pass with great vision. Uh, so that's a that's definitely an added. Uh, the only problem is if he plays with Coil, no one's going to shoot at him. He's going to pass it back and forth to each other. Uh, all right, beauty number two, Connor McDavid. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. McDavid's just unbelievable. Whenever he gets the puck, he just he's he's so different than everybody else. 124 points, like he's just he's the MVP as long as he still has that great skating ability and skill. He's just unbelievable. And I know tonight the Bruins did a really good job on him, but man, I can see why he scores a goal or two a night. He's just like he's just unbelievable. He is. He's dynamic. He's a dynamic skater. He can he can. Uh make moves with his hands at top speed, which, you know, not a lot of guys can do, which is, I think is 
what a, one of the main reasons that separates him. I mean, mm-hmm. there's other guys in the league that are fast, but people aren't that fast with with those hands and and that kind of ability. So uh, it really does put him on another level. He had kind of a scare late there where he collided with uh, with Ryan on his own team. Uh, you know, looked yeah, almost like a yeah, yeah, it looked almost like a knee on knee. It was kind of more towards the outside of the leg, and he was back on the ice uh, late in the game, but. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a scare there for him, but uh, nice to see that he ended up uh, being okay and, and uh, will continue to play here in the playoffs because the NHL needs uh, a guy like that, you know, marquee guy like that uh, to showcase in the postseason. They do. And when he went first, when he went down, I was like, oh boy, like yeah. grab both knees. I was like, oh no. But uh, luckily he was, he was okay. And then beauty number one, Brad Marchand. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Marchand uh, reached a milestone tonight with third player in Bruins history with 10 consecutive 20-goal seasons with uh, Bergeron and uh, Busick, I believe. Yeah, and, he, and he's had 12 20-goal seasons in his 13 years. Um, yeah. You know, his very first season, he, had, uh, he only played 20 games, so that doesn't count. And then uh, right. I think the 13-14 uh, season or whatever it was there, there was one season – relatively early in his career where he had 18 goals, uh, but only played 45 games. So uh, wow. um, if he's played a full season, he scored 20. So yeah. uh, really consistent, I mean, been, yeah. really consistent over the course of his career. And, and uh, you know, great to see because he's going to be uh, a guy who I think will end up with his number in the rafters. Sure, absolutely. And that, 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 that uh, duo of Bergeron and Marchand, you know, will go down as, a, as probably you know, the greatest duo on a line in Bruins history, really, from what they've done. Yeah, I think I think I saw. Uh, I think it was four hundred and six times that they've um, factored in each other's goals over the course wow. of their career. And I think if it's not first in Bruins history, it's it's really close to the right. top. So uh, yeah, just a dynamic duo and and uh, you know, hmm. great players, great players, absolutely, absolutely great. All right, now we'll move on to the Benders. And coming in at number three is the one of my favorite plays in all of hockey, the offsides challenge. Wow, Bender. I just I, this makes me crazy. It just That's makes it. me crazy the fact that somebody can challenge something that happened a minute and a half ago, and, and get a goal called back, and then you got to go back and replay the time like it hasn't happened. It's like a back to the future thing. It's just mm-hmm. it's a terrible play for a, a sport that's so fast moving and so quick to, to have things like this get challenges. I think you should do away with the whole thing. I've said it before. I think it's a terrible thing. I don't think they should review it. I think it should be an in the neighborhood play. If it's close, it's good. And uh, let's score more goals and, and have things, um, you know, going in that direction. And if, if it was up to me, I'd get rid of all of replay. So uh, I don't know if I'm really the one to, to talk about it, but it's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I, it, it, here's the thing. The linesmen are, really are excellent at the whole offsides thing. It happens so fast with multiple people and pucks and legs, and uh, and the amount that they get correct is like a really high percentage. Sure. So when you when you factor in the ones they don't get, I'm with you. Just make it unreviewable. Like they missed it. You know. Okay, so be it. I mean, that's, they missed it, and, and, and let's score the goals. Like, the goals are what matter. Same thing with the goalie interference. Like, if the guy, if the goalie comes out just above the blue paint, 
fair, fair game, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, if he's out to the sides, fair game, mm-hmm. dude. Like if a guy just brushes by him, like a little skate hits fair game. Like it's, you know, you get your defenseman to get in the hell out of there. Like it's so, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Like allow more goals, kick the thing in. Like I, like you said, like whatever, like just bat it in yeah. with, with a friggin' highlight. You sh- yeah. I mean, if you, there. you should be able to knock the puck uh, you should be able to high stick the puck anywhere on the ice. I don't, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. It's yeah. that's, that's a skill. That's a skill. It someone being is. able to do that. If you can knock the puck down above your head and score a goal, yeah. that should be a goal. Great goal. It should be Great a goal. goal. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a skill that is amazing that these guys can do it when the puck is coming that fast uh, right. and, and all these things that they can, they can tip a puck uh, that's above their head or whatever and or knock a puck down from a pass that's above their head. Let, let it play on, man. Let's go. Yeah. Let's I, on, I mean, man. that should not, that should not stop the game. It really shouldn't. No, let's more goals, more, more goals, more goals, more goals, nothing more deflating than scoring a goal. And all of a sudden the horn hits or whatever. And you're like, yeah. really? Like yeah. 30 seconds ago, 30 seconds ago. Yeah. Like, wow. It's, 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 it's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, it all right. Bender number two, Steve Levy. I had a bender. <laughs> I, I, he's just not a good, he's just not a good hockey announcer. He really isn't. No. Like he, he, his voice has no kind of rise for, <laughs> no. uh, when plays are happening, he doesn't write, raise no. his voice until after someone scores. There's no yeah. anticipation of a play. Like, um, you know, oh, I, I heard him raise his voice for the goals and for the Krejci hit uh, late yeah. in the game. And that was it. That was really, yeah. it, it, other than that, he was like monotone. It, like mm-hmm. it's a Sunday afternoon, you know, we're at a book reading or a poetry right. reading <laughs> right. where everybody's right. trying to be quiet and, and listen to the guy talk. It's terrible. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm not a fan of his, uh, Sean McDonough would be, uh, you know, much better on, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's good at it and I'll take Jack and brick. I mean, Jack is Looney tunes, but you know, he gets excited about the game at least. He does. He does. He gives you some inflection. Here's the thing that is really difficult about is that, you know, a guy like Steve, if he doesn't do it a lot, like, that that's the problem. Like if he only does, you know, 10 games a year or something, all of a sudden he does a hockey game here or there. Like that's, that's like just asking for problems. Like play by play is like a rhythmic thing. You got to do it like every other night. Like you, you can't just take a month off and start doing hockey play by play in the NHL. Like it's like, that's what's really unreal to me. They'll just throw a guy in there all all of a sudden, you know, after not doing it for three weeks and now he's doing a hockey game. It's not that easy at all. No hockey, hockey, especially that's a, that's a, that's a quick moving game where there's a lot happening in short periods of time. It it is not easy. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan, not a fan. No, I'm I'm not a fan. Uh, and and be honest and I'll be honest with you. ESPN has, has, has half-assed this whole friggin' production. Like that's the, thing that bothers me about it is like ESPN was totally totally decided hockey didn't exist for years Mm -hmm. after they left ESPN then when they come back it's like okay yeah we'll let you in but we're not going to give you the time of day really we're going to kind of half-ass it and give you like the second rated you know duo and and the production is going to be second rate and and we're not going to talk about it on our talk shows at all like that's what kind of irritates me about it you know what ESPN we don't need you if that's what it's going to be, like, we don't, we don't need this. Like, we don't, we don't need it. So I, that, that's what pisses me off about the whole thing is like ESPN just kind of half asses the whole production. Yeah. I think they just wanted to 
take another sport away from somebody else. It doesn't right. seem like they yeah. particularly cared about um, about the game. And, you know, there's a handful of guys there that do. Um, right. But, you know, the they those handful of people can't, you know, distribute it all to, you know, all the different shows and, and across the, you know, networks. It just doesn't work right. out that way. No. So, uh, yeah, no. it, it would be nice to see them kind of give a crap a little bit more. Yeah, it would. It would. Uh, and the number one bender goes to the Bruins. Fantastic puck management. I'm a bender. I mean, this team of late is just, uh, I mean, they're just doing dumb shit when they have the puck. Yeah. I mean, you you watch Grizzly tonight. Uh, Marshan passes it to him. He goes down, starts to go down the right wing boards. He curls back and he and he blows an edge. You have a two nothing lead. Just throw the yeah. puck in deep. I mean, I know you want to be creative. You probably have a little bit of pressure on yourself to make a play, but you know, uh, throw the puck down that's the wall. What, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. If you if you aren't if you aren't really pressured to win, you'll try shit like that. Like you'll try some stupid pirouette. Or you'll try to go between two guys and try to flip it to yourself and do all this stuff. Most of the time you turn that over. The one time you do it well and you score, you're like, wow. Like, Pasternak does this all the time. Yeah, he does. Like, he'll do this bang, bang, like trying to get through a couple of guys and, and you know, toe drag it and, and try to make a play and flip it to himself and all that stuff and try to get a shot off. But sometimes, like most of the time, He'll hit a foot or something and go the other way, and now he's behind the play, and and that's where they get themselves in trouble. Marshan does it too. Like, yeah. it's just like just be solid, just they, be solid and make a play. They do it on the power play uh, entries too, which drives me crazy. Like you have an extra guy out there, so yeah. so make a pass to an open guy, or pass it to an area where your guy can go get it. Don't try to dangle through guys when you. When you outman them, you outman them. So don't do that. Pass to an open guy and move and get the puck yes. and set it up in the zone and then let your talent take over. Uh, right. But they're forcing the puck so many times. Like Marshan tried to put it through a seam, like just go up top and then go to and then go over to Pasenak or what, go down low. Like there was a few times that guys down low were standing there wide open and they just wouldn't wide pass open. it to him. Yeah. Um, this is this is where I this is where I get concerned about Montgomery is that he's so he's so he gloats about how the team has great leadership in the room and Bergeron there was some other thing today about Montgomery was going to talk to someone about like oh Montgomery is going to go talk to people about their mental health like do mental health check-ins and every time he's done it uh, the guy has said well Bergeron just already talked to me about it so I feel good about it right now <laughs> like every single guy so my whole thing is can Montgomery say hey dipshit Stop turning it over inside the blue line or, or make this play instead. Stop trying to be a hero. No more hero hockey. Can, can he do that uh, and make it matter? That's my concern about it. He's a little too, you know, just part of the boys club in there to me. And that's what's concerning to me. Now, I don't know what happens behind, but all I can tell you is the things that he tells us and the things that are reported are very much about how the room manages itself. And I, and I, and I get it that that's great, but it's almost a little too much for my liking. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if it, yeah. if uh, you know, if they're an early round exit and they don't make adjustments over a seven game series, you know, he'll take some criticism and he, and he should. Um, but, but if, you know, if they, you know, perform well, 
and and roll through the playoffs and and end up uh, you know lifting the cup, then you know yeah. he'll well, he'll it's fine. Yeah, then he'll. Well, yeah, <laughs> if they lose round one because they're playing shitty. Well, yeah, and they lose the first round. You better you better duck, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you better duck, dude. Like this, this has been a real joyride in paradise and by the dashboard light right now. But you're gonna get you get hammered uh, back at the trunk, back of the car. You're gonna be getting hammered if that happens, dude. Sorry. Um, all right, Bruins Benders power rankings uh, coming in at number seven. The Tampa Bay Lightning are three, five, and two in their last ten. And John Cooper's been you know benching guys, and people are pissed off at each other, and it's just not a happy scene at Tampa Bay. Uh, but of course, they'll probably turn it on. Well, that's that's the other extreme to to Montgomery. You know, he's benching right. guys and trying to oh, yeah. trying to do that stuff, and that seems to have backfired in his face. So you know, yeah. there there's you know you can't go. You know, you can be, you know, hands off, but if you're a little too hands on, uh, it, it, it can backfire as well. So, uh, you know, well, the shelf life is a thing. Is it, oh, absolutely. We've, we've said it before. Yeah, sure. Uh, number six, Hey, the LA Kings jump in brand new one, four in a row. And the Kings are, uh, you know, still up there in the top of the Pacific division and, and playing really good hockey. LA Kings, sort of a dark horse. Number five, Vegas is up a spot. They're six, two, and two in their last ten. Toronto is fourth at seven and three in their last ten. The Devils are six, three, and one in their last ten. And then Carolina is eight and two. They've won three in a row. Uh, and then Boston at fifty-nine. I'm sorry, forty-nine, nine, and five. Right in one hundred and three points. Right? No, I think they have one hundred and five points. Awesome. Do they have hour five? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and uh, well, they so lost they tonight, so it might be fifty. It might be fifty and yeah. ten. Um, so the Bruins are at the top spot uh, in the power rankings. And another team, I'll tell you, that's scary right now. The Dallas Stars. They put a ten spot on uh, Buffalo tonight in Buffalo. So the uh, Dallas Stars, with the additions that they've made. Yeah, you're right. Forty nine, forty nine, nine and five hundred and three points. 49.95 for Boston. Yeah, so Dallas is pretty good, and they will probably enter the uh, power rankings fairly soon here. Yes, so now we'll go to the uh, Bruins, Benders, Bedard, Tankapalooza. <laughs> and uh, coming at number 30, a new entry. Yeah. The San Jose Sharks with 50 points. They're making a push for Bedard. They're trying to get yeah, in there. I think so. Trying, I think so. Trying to do I a little so. something. Traded, yeah. traded away Timo Meyer, trying to get down into that uh, – into yeah. that Bedard. You know what? At the end of the day, they might end up being having Connor Bedard. Like they might be there because they're three points out of the last spot. Yeah, so they are right there. Uh, and then uh, number thirty-one, Columbus, trying like hell to lose forty-seven trying. points, minus seventy-two, uh, mm-hmm. giving up all the goals, uh, yeah. not scoring any goals, uh, <laughs> just just <laughs> that's a good just, recipe. Just just, yeah. just losing all over the place. Uh, so yeah. Right there for, for Bedard, and then uh, coming in at number 32, your Montreal Canadiens, 3-6-1 and one in their last 10, 10 points away from last. So they're, they're trying to lose again now a little bit. They kind of flip-flop here, which isn't a really good recipe for sneaking yeah. into this uh, Bedard sweepstakes. Nope. So, uh, you know, you really got to commit to losing if you're trying to, you're trying to bring uh, Bedard to the uh, Blue Black Art Rouge. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, Anaheim and, and Arizona losing a little bit of ground here, too. So, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, San Jose, they, they might end up being uh, in the Connor Bernard sweet stakes at the end of the day. Uh, all right, prospect spotlight. 
Hey, Andre Gasol was a seventh-round pick in 2021 of the Boston Bruins. He's playing his freshman year at Boston College and is one of the hottest players in Hockey East as the Eagles enter the conference tournament tonight against UMass Amherst. The Garden Grove, California native, has 10 goals and 19 assists in 35 games this season. And lately, Gasso has been on a tear with five goals and seven assists in his last 10 games. He's 6'4", 216, and has a great great size, uh, powerful wrist shot. 19 years old, will turn 20 in July. Uh, so Gasso, a seventh rounder. Another late rounder, Riley Duran of Providence is a late rounder. So they're doing they have a little bit of late round success here. If you were going to tell me, if you were going to pick where Andre Gasol was from, of yeah. all the towns and cities across <laughs> the United States of America, first of all, I wouldn't have said he was from the United States of America. I would say he was no, from Canada. Uh, yeah. But Garden Grove, California would be last no, on my, last. On, yeah. that would be the last yeah. place I would say yeah. that he would yeah, be like, from. like London, Ontario would be first. Yeah. Or, and, or uh, Quebec city, Quebec, Quebec or, yeah. or you get someplace like, you know, Metonka, Minnesota or yeah, Wynetka, Minnesota or St. Paul yeah. or somewhere up there in North yeah, Dakota, sure. someplace, uh, yeah. not Garden Grove, California. No, no it'd be like Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Garden Grove, California. <laughs> like that, that would be uh, the last two. Yeah. And, uh, so Andre Gasso is a, is a player to watch here in the Hockey East tournament. Uh, Eagles uh, were kind of up and down this season, but are playing better. And of course, they have Trevor Kuntar and uh, Oscar Jelvik. They do. Well. And, and, then, and then BU has some guys. So uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of Bruins prospects uh, in Hockey East and the tournament there that you can, that you can check out on. ESPN Plus. If you sign up and subscribe, yeah. you put on put on the put on the ESPN Plus and subscribe it through the InsideTheRink.com. Yeah, watch some uh, hockey east. Watch some watch some, watch some see, Bruins uh, prospects. You know all of that kind of gothier. Yeah, top five pick. I think of the Flyers is playing with those guys from BC. Yeah, so they sure. have uh, you know some young talent. Uh, all right, week ahead, back to back with Detroit Rock City. March 11th and 12th at home on the 11th on the road on the 12th. And then at the Chicago Blackhawks on March the 14th, uh, you go to inside the rink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, download the inside the rink app or on TikTok as well. Give us a rate and review on Apple and other podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN plus at inside the rink.com slash ESPN. That'll do it for this week. We appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.